I just want to wish a happy birthday to Emperor Renzong of China, Emperor of the Song Dynasty. Yeah, you've been singing about that all day. No, no, seriously. I want to wish a happy birthday to Theobald de Champagne, French ruler, Count of Champagne, King of uh, something other. He was a poet and a troubadour. I don't know many people like that. But ironically... Elton John... Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I would also like to wish a happy birthday to uh, Tom Morello. Well, of course. I mean, we all know it's his day nationally. But internationally, I wonder. I wonder whose day it is internationally. Could it be Mike Donlin? He was a player for the Giants. Born in Peora, Illinois. But, I don't know, I'm looking for... uh, that Adina Menzel. That, that yeah. international Adina Menzel. No, well, Adina Menzel, from what I understand, does have an international flavor. Right, right. Uh, Why no, no? Does this ring a bell? No, but that sounds like it's all folks. Mill Block. American voice voice actor and comedian. Clint Walker. I didn't know this. Clint Walker's birthday was today. Uh, how did you not know that? They they teach that in every grade. Well, I I think they didn't teach it because he was famous for having Native American history. So they probably, by the time I got to school, they were starting to try to erase that, you know, uh, after yeah. the brief time it had been introduced. Oddly, and the Dirty Dozen was on yesterday, and, you know, one of the just great, we'll circle back to that international day in a second, but Clint Walker, you know, they... Obviously, it's an ensemble piece, and there's kind of a principal front six and a principal back six, or not principal, but there's like the front six uh, in the in the in the dozen, and uh, uh, you know, and they all spoiler alert go, uh, you know, they get dropped into France and go to do the thing. Everybody. Uh, You see what happens to everybody. Well, I mean, you know, one of the characters, obviously, spoiler alert again, but I feel like if you haven't seen it, you know, it's just your fault for missing out. So enjoy the FOMO. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Trini Lopez's character was the one that, that died in the, in, the, in the jump. But, uh, but you never see what happens to Clint Walker. 
everybody else very clearly either succeeds at the mission and gets out, which is a small number, or they all get killed, but you never see what happens to Clint Walker. So is Clint Walker's character just still hanging out in uh, Brittany somewhere in France? Did you make sure to watch the, the, the credits scene? I've never sat through to the very end after the credits. It's very possible he was yeah. swimming his way back to England. That's what was. That's exactly it. You sure you haven't seen it? Well, I have seen the Dirty Dozen: The Next Mission, um, which is not as bad as you would think it would be. Um, really? Because, well, I think just hearing it, your statement has to be true. Because I'm thinking it's pretty bad. Well, it was, you know, I made for TV movie, but they got Richard Jekyll back. And, uh, and I mean, the toughest, the t- I mean, the, the only unplausible part of it is obviously that the Dirty Dozens, you know, dropped in behind France to do an operation to disrupt the Nazi hierarchy before D Day. So unless you're going to do another... So I feel like at some point you've created a hypothetical universe where D-Day didn't work. Um, well, in, in 47% of the realities, D-Day didn't work. But fortunately, we're here in this portion where it... Where it worked out so which is so funny uh you know well just what people get sucked into after you know i mean americans who didn't serve obviously get sucked into it a lot also um mostly because they didn't serve and uh and i think actually there was a guy two weeks ago um a veteran who got up in a city council meeting, and I think it may have been in Florida, and he just got up. And he was like, I can't believe I went overseas to fight against religious fanaticism, and I come to the school board meeting, and I'm overwhelmed by religious fanaticism and, and bigotry when, we, you know, when he, he'd served for you know, 20 or 25 years fighting wars around the world to uh, stomp that kind of stuff out so it would not get into America, and there it is. Uh, bubbling up uh, in there, but uh, but there's a lot of great one-liners. Lee Marvin, I think, always is just you know a stud on delivery, uh, line delivery. Did, did did you ever get into Kelly's Heroes, the Clint Eastwood joint? Yeah, I mean, I watched all that stuff back in the day. Do you think Ernest Borgnine was just exceptionally underrated? Because there's, it's, it, it really is an all-star cast in, in the original Dirty Dozen. Did you ever see Marty? Um, no, I don't. I don't recall. I mean, I may have, but okay. Was well, and I'm always curious to you know to pick people's brains who are old, obviously. Well, 
Uh, you know, some people are older today than they were. Some people are. Well, you know, for some people, and I'd say for more people than would like to admit, uh, right now is the oldest they've ever been in their lives. Uh, that's true for half the people and also the other half of people. Yeah, I don't want to make blanket statements. I don't want to use pejorative language. I don't want to lump everybody into one uh, uh, bag of coal. But uh, I say it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, or some kind of equation involving math and eggs. Well, I think in this case it's a dozen in one hand and a, another dozen in the other. That's very possible. That's very possible. It's very possible. Man, Gail Sayers' birthday was today. Yeah. I always know. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this multiple times before, but uh, Cole Meany that was on Star Trek. Right. Miles O'Brien, his birthday. But, I mean, Jake the Snake Roberts is obviously the most directly engaged, I suppose. Yeah, it was um, Jake the Snake Roberts in... A Steven Seagal movie? Well, probably also. I mean, I know Call Me maybe was more well known for it with uh Under Siege. I can't I can't believe nobody ever has ever made Tommy Lee Jones character in that film has such an amazing backstory. Like there's the just the lines of dialogue about you know his amount of service, his time uh, as a spy, and it almost sounds like I think we we did talk about this the other week that his story almost sounds like the premise to Burn Notice, the oh, TV show. Yeah, yeah. And so I'd just be curious. And maybe maybe that's why they never made a show because they thought it would be too much like Burn Notice, you know. But I think now that would really go over well, you know, just a TV show about somebody who's doing their best and is the protagonist of the show, and then by the end of the show, you see how they've turned into um, an antagonizing figure. Uh, oh my God, the great Ted McGinley. I had no idea his birthday was today. The great Ted McGinley. Straight out of uh, lots of TV shows that uh, got canceled not long after he went on, but Revenge of the Nerds. Right. Ted McGinley, I think, kind of invented, I guess his most well-known, I wouldn't say he was the original arch architect of it. Obviously, the costume designer was. But, you know, like for every meme you've ever seen with a guy with a red sweater tied around his neck. Uh, yeah, was love, but was love boat a great show? I feel like I saw reruns, and it uh, well, it didn't really change much materially in the reruns, so it was kind of like watching it when it aired. But uh, I'm gonna have to go with a no on that, though it had moments. I'm sure I watched it, but. To me, it was always, you know, dumb. No, Fantasy Island. When, when, uh, 
Ricardo would go dark. That was some mm-hmm. good stuff. With, but what about Winona's got a big brown beaver, which was a song by a band named Primus? Do you think they meant one of the two Winonas that we know of? I don't want to. I don't want to engage in speculation and rumor in any window. But we're talking birthdays here, and Winona Judd had yeah. a birthday today. She does. I'm trying to think. Who's the other Winona? Ryder. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. Well, she's a, she's a petite person, so. But I mean, maybe it's a. I don't know. Her her uh, animal collecting is uh, she's disproportionately large animals, woodland woodland creatures. She uh, um, collects and saves. You know, wood, woodland uh, animal adoption, because really, uh, you know, capitalism and uh, it's a downside of economic development is that uh, beavers, among other delightful creatures, are having their natural habitats. Uh, disturbed and destroyed, and you need you need you need people to speak up for uh, uh, for the beaver, and you need uh, good uh, activists, and uh, you know, like Winona Judd, and like uh, part-time shoplifter uh, Winona Ryder to uh, to step in and speak up for the beaver, uh, engage the beaver, and sometimes remove the beaver into a more uh, um, uh, not just an environment of safety for the beaver, but a, but but a, a, an environment where the beaver can thrive. It, it, did you know it was also Adele Dazim's birthday? I mean, Adina Menzel. Uh, only only at the beginning of the conversation when I she was the first person I mentioned. But I like it the way you said it because you made me think that. Uh, uh, She's the one that I want. Which one? Which pronunciation? The the Travolta, the Adele. Yeah. Well, other if it wasn't the Travolta, then it wouldn't be you know, the one that I want. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. Would slip by me. Yeah. Sorry. Have you ever? Seen, I've never. Uh, I may have seen Greece, but I think Greece was one of those things where it was. Because I wasn't super into, into musical theater when I was younger, though, and that was a tough thing, you know, being in a just about every well, the theater to, theater groups I was in when I was younger, they were a lot of those people were super into musicals, but I was not. But I just had never gotten into uh, Greece, and so I don't think I've ever actually seen Greece all the way through. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But I do know, but I mean, obviously, I see uh, Stalker Channing all the time on the West Wing. That you do. Yeah. That was a good role for her. Uh, Rizzo or... or uh, uh, Well, both. Um, oh, yeah. She defined yeah. Rizzo. No. Without a doubt. Yeah. I can't believe people don't laud her more because as many people as, as uh, you know, it's it's so trendy to uh, jump on this 
idea about older actresses not being able to be employed. And, you know, she was, was she 34, 35 when she played a 15 year old, you know, I feel like she ought to be the poster child for. She's, she was the George Santos of her time. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a slight. That's a slight. I thought you might like that. I did. She's, uh, as uh, as 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 uh, some of us uh, celebrate uh, International Jordan Day as uh, as a as a sober person for the second time, I'm curious. I it's a weird, you know, like people don't think. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland has the same problem, where, and I guess Oliver Reed had it, and you know, a lot of people used to classically have it, but but I remember people, that there was a situation you know i'd always hear about with stalker channing you know just constant uh you know when uh when not on the set she was uh having you know that i guess it had kind of progressed past the point of being a good time but who else who else who else jake yeah oh steven Tablowski. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you want to buy insurance over and over again in uh, a little town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Day after day after day, as if you were reliving the first time you met him. He was on the West Wing a couple of times. He was pretty great. He's very specific. And was he was he in uh, the Big Lebowski? I don't recall him being in that. But I've only seen I feel like he's in some. Okay. I feel like he's in some very famous movie. Oh man, Carl Fabergé. That's exciting. I I Where would a, where would a lot of spot I I am a uh a priest of Dudism. I'm an ordained Dudist priest. I got ordained. I don't know where the where the uh so I can perform marriages and whatnot. I don't know where my uh, I think I can too. degree is. Mm. Let's uh, let's go marry people, but let's not tell them. Let's just walk up to strangers, and I now pronounce you man and wife. That might be a good, like, silly skit thing to do. I always thought it'd be great. You know, like people have, I guess now it's mostly food trucks, but I thought if you could do a thing, obviously it worked better in larger cities. Um, but you know, like you have like a hydration van, you know, where you could get people like, uh, liquid, uh, is it liquid IV? Is that what they call it? But you know, like to hydrate people after a long night out. I prefer the liquid. Have that. Over the solid, the powder. Yeah, I was about to say, um, because I wasn't sure when they when they really describe it as liquid IV. I'm like compared to the brick IV. Like I wasn't sure what uh, what they were saying, but um, but to do like a a, a wa- like a a little van you can walk in, have two sides or a little bus maybe. 
And then on one side, have a marriage thing. On the other side, have a divorce, separation, divorce thing. Nullification thing. A lot of times, uh, that hydro van is called a fire truck. It's a good name. It's a good name. It's a good name. I don't think people should have to be forced to light themselves on fire to... uh, well, we're all. Have you ever had? Opinion. I've never. Yeah, have you ever had good luck with uh, those things? Fire trucks? Not fire trucks. No, the uh, the uh, IV. Yes, man. hydration yes. thing. I, I well, I, I had uh, two bags of IV when I had some unknown severe virus. That uh was around when bird flu was around. The the guy said I didn't have bird flu. I still claim I did because you know I'm dumb, but it it's wonderful. I love an IV. They should they they should be more, around more. They should offer them at like the corner store. I was I was uh, speaking with a friend of mine yesterday that was still going through. I think she's doing a third year of cancer treatments, and she needs to get IVs hooked up. And um, yeah, I was to get a needle in basically every day. And uh, I remember I've never had good luck whenever somebody's had to tap the vein for something in my arm specifically. Let's let's be clear. Um, and I remember, I think I was in high school, we were doing a blood, blood draw. And I think these people, and I, I, I thought they were, you would think they'd be professional blood takers, you know? Um, and no kidding. I feel like Ric Flair or Dusty Rhodes would be better off just, you know, tapping, tapping the vein on their forehead to, to, to give blood would have been an easier thing for me to do. But I think they stuck me like 12 times in one arm and couldn't find the vein went to the other arm they're like oh we'll find your vein in the other arm stuck me 10 10 or 12 times in my left arm and then went back to my right arm um but yeah i've never had i mean the the couple times i've gotten those um iv bags like i felt it you know like you can feel and it's there's like vitamin c or whatever the, the taste that gets in your mouth yeah, that metallic. Taste. Yeah, maybe I I don't know why I can't think of what, but it's just a very specific taste. But it's um, where you can just taste that it's finally getting in your system. Um, but it was like other than I could taste it getting in my system, I didn't feel hydrated at all. And then you know, an hour later, it just I felt like most of it cycled. All back I know out. is when when I got my double bagger. Uh, I went in feeling like death. Walked out. Oh man! Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we got some kind of interference there. Did you? Hear Sorry that? about that. I was I, I was going to I was going to Google something and I didn't realize I had a, oh. a local radio station in a previous tab. I apologize. That's all right. Apologize. Happy uh, Happy International Jordan Day. I, um. And and happy 
specifically International Jordan Day to you and uh, other birthday havers. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's odd, you know, because you can't ever when you're when you're a younger person, you know. Does you has anybody ever felt like you feel like adult finger quotes adulthood or a certain mindset, and then you have to cycle through? Because I think people spend so much time, wasted time. I mean, maybe if it's a path of discovery, but just so much time trying to. But obviously, that's what, especially in America, what people try to get you to do. But just do it, trying to force you to adhere to life choices and behaviors and all these things that are just not you. They're detrimental to your growth. And just such a large part of it is figuring out that it is a waste of time. I mean, again, not, not, I don't want to say waste of time, waste of time, but just something that you just have to do it long enough to figure out that it's not productive for you and you need to evolve past it. Um, well, I think, but I think that was people, one thing. Yeah. You know, one hit on the head with the hammer isn't enough for most people. And it's just a matter of uh, getting your feel of, being dumb. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. And, but that's healthy to me. You know, the younger you are when you touch the stove, the better. Yeah. You know, I don't know how, well, how I, difficult is adulting when it comes down to it. Well, I guess it depends what's what all is involved. But I think so many people uh, intentionally. I think part of the problem is that adults adults lie to younger people, and and because uh, they don't have any personal accountability to themselves. And their selfishness um, is manifested through their intentional dishonesty to to, to younger generations. And all that is um, out of just delusion, self-delusion, trying to avoid or wish away inadequacies and whether they're real or perceived. Hundred percent. I don't. Hundred percent. Reason to lie to anyone, unless it's a surprise birthday party or the equivalent. I just I can't bring myself to think that somebody should be in my life that I need to lie to. 
Yeah. Well, and I think, and you, and I think you, I mean, you work with lots of people on a regular basis and have multiple, multiple interactions. Oh, I lie to them all the time. I'm talking about people. Well, that's, that's what I was getting ready to say is that in American culture, especially, um, people who, uh, and obviously we're, I try to avoid people that do this, but I mean, inevitably you, you can't, you can't. I mean, I mean, you, not, I mean, you, you can filter it out as much as possible, but the amount of people, and it's always disgusted me, and I get angry. I mean, I'm pretty calm right now thinking about it because it's International Jordan Day, but, um, but the amount of people who use the word professionalism when, in fact, their mindset's half-assed, their philosophies are cheap and unconsidered, but what they really mean is that they lie to people uh, for expediency and which I don't like number one, but number two, when they, uh, that was a thing I'm probably going to bump into some of these people later today, actually rail. I, you know, people that would, in my experience, rail about, we're not acting professional, but what they really meant was you're not, but when I see them being professional, at some degree, it's just being dishonest. So, like, what you're telling me is you want me to lie more, and I don't like to lie. Like, but of course, being honest, everybody cries and says I'm being rude. That's that's please yeah, that is go, go cry some people cry would rather else. have their butt kissed than to be serviced. It's not enough to fix a problem or solve a, a problem. You have to. Uh, you know, accommodate my personal inadequacies. But all of business is a facade, or at least, you know, as it is now, the corporate world, oh, we're family. That's the last person I will ever trust to be the first person to say that we're family at a workplace. Because if you treat family like that, I hope they leave you. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny that you that you brought that up because I was we were thinking about that one situation. But uh, one of my friends that we talked about before, she used to own her own business, and somebody had hired her hired her to basically do a same kind of thing with kind of you know, very upscale interior design. And, uh, uh, that, I think the woman that owns that company is, uh, kind of a, I guess you would say an elite, uh, she performs at an elite level when it comes to that kind of nonsense about, Oh my God, we're such a great family. Oh my God. We're such a, Oh, Oh, this is so great. Oh, I can't believe it. And then like yesterday, but then would do things like, like yesterday, obviously is a federal holiday. It's been a federal holiday since 1971. And of course she's a, she's a evangelical, MAGA, conservative, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, they, they pretend to care about America, pretend to care about troops and stuff. And, uh, and then apparently yesterday sent out this email about, uh, why is nobody at the office? Is everybody taking the day off today? 
you know, when of course she lays out of work all the time for weeks at a time and says, I'm doing very professional work. I own the company. Ha ha. You know, well, yeah. but in her mind, that's professionalism. But I, no, but that's, I was, that always killed me. And it's the same thing that's kind of always happened, you know, um, at least my experience where somebody, you know, they present someone the best, the best scenario. They'd ask questions. You'd explain it to them. And they say, well, I don't like that. I mean, not everybody, the smart people would say, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And you know, that I, I hate the, I hate the phrase pushback, but now it just worked its way into my, 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 personal vernacular but uh and i'd say specifically the people i'm thinking of in this case are english and rude and emotionally abusive towards each other and that manifests and other things but but it would turn to oh we don't want to do that we're gonna do this and you're gonna have to do it the way we want to do it and um and then you do that and then it all goes to shit and then they pitch a bigger fit after that you know but uh, but in their minds, they think just kowtowing and bending over, and maybe their life experience is that uh, bending over is professional. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that, you said yeah, that. Yeah, it's amazing how much corporate professionalism mimics the GOP mentality of make me money and don't ask for anything. <laughs> in return at that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I think we're, we're both, I mean, well, I'd say I'm, I'm, me, myself, I'm a pretty progressive person. I don't believe in hoarding wealth, but I believe in acquiring, you know, uh, things to insulate yourself towards having a comfortable life and to eliminate unnecessary problems that having been a starving artist come through not having cash because society abuses you when you, you know, don't have enough cash, but also to be able to free up time that you can go out and help people that you can be engaged in public service. It's a lot easier to do that when you're also not worried at the end of the day about, how are you going to feed yourself? You know? Um, yeah. I mean, the people that are doing it now, your Elon's and your Jeff's who, uh, neither have an international day to day. Um, they're never going to stop. Enough will never be enough. And I, I, I just, I think no one needs more than a hundred million dollars. There's your your maximum wage. And after that, you have to find creative ways of spending money. But uh, it's just ridiculous. It isn't capitalism. What we're in is not capitalism. It is just a well-disguised, at best, indentured servitude. To be born, you have to pay off a debt, and then you'll go free. But that freedom is going, you know, until it's death, they won't be happy. Until the sweet release of this mortal coil. They're, they're just, you know, you're nothing but a uh, profit margin. And you know, when was the first rewarded for hard work and you, you know, 
of course, those more capable, uh, just the natural order of things, you should benefit from that. Hard work should pay off. But, world, the people that work with a true work ethic just get tasked with whatever the other limit is. I mean, it's not too bad where I work, but there's certainly there. My my particular workload uh, is generally known as I'm glad I don't have your zone. And it's a uh, you know, it's a lot of individuals to be serviced in over a wide range of area. Some people have maybe five miles. I'm over ten times that that I have to go to these places and do these things. But at the same time, I'm also a sucker for it because to me that's job security and you know good to get a paycheck. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I loved. Well, I think that's again another thing, and it's probably just one reason we have we're such good friends, just because we both love that. But also, it's 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 nice to feel engaged. I feel like when you're on the road, you know what I mean. Like you feel like you're actively engaged in a way that, right? If you were sitting in an office, maybe you wouldn't feel as. Um, uh, Oh, it's, I guess it's International Jordan Day. And I think I've told you this before. Uh, you know, I used to be in a situation where people would say, uh, and I still I still believe you need to see things firsthand and, and all that, but that I used to get worn out by, uh, uh, and it's super nice. I mean, I can't say enough nice things about most of the people I used to uh, uh, be around. And, and, and I think a lot, genuinely think a lot of, of some of the folks in the sweet, nice, good, I mean, good people. Um, but one of the guys used to say, uh, you got to see it firsthand. You got to be out there. You got to be on site. You got to do this. And then about three months later, another guy said, well, you're never here. Here, People say they call you the ghost. People oh, yeah. think you don't do anything because you're never here. And I'm like, this is the problem. Everybody's. What 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 do y'all not understand about I, somebody says one thing and says you have to do it this way and I'm like all right sure thing, and then somebody else says well we're concerned about the way you're doing things when this other guy is you know is your senior vice president said this is the way to do it you know so let's let's maybe deconstruct the communication structure of uh, the situation but um, well, yeah but I've never done I've never done well person. with contradictory. I don't What's have that? a single person I support at my office. So for me to be there, I'm not helping somebody for the most part. Yeah. Well, and especially if you're engaged, like with property management and real estate, like none of that stuff's in your office. Like you can make phone calls and check emails, but you can't see things, you know. And obviously I feel... And I feel like there's so many different dynamics and things in, 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 in your area with technology that could be popping up. I feel like some of that stuff for appropriate context, you would, ha you, you would need to be there probably just because there might be 
I don't know, some some external factors or some specific behaviors that are being engaged in by the people putting in asking questions about things. Yeah, people are so intimidated by technology that uh, I literally know people who at home know how to work on a computer as far as where to click and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they get to work and it is just somehow overwhelming. And, you know, I, I know that's a real thing. So I try to be as patient as I can be with people that literally function at home and come to work and, and just I don't know where to click on how do I get to word well, how do you do it at home well I would click this and they literally click the icon literally literally click it liter rally click the icon that they should have clicked and it worked and they didn't even try to click it because they're afraid to mess up and and it, it certainly has me scratching my head, but uh, just because I can't relate to it doesn't mean I don't respect it as being a uh, real hurdle for a lot of people. And that's what I'm there for, to, to not just make it to where if you click on an icon, the mouse allows you to do that, but uh, maybe try to ease their apprehension and have them relax a little bit it's, it's kind of hard to break something in our environment by clicking on things so i tell them that there's nothing i can't fix have at it how how uh and i don't like the word easy i don't because i don't i don't think that's a an appropriate word to use when people talk about developing skill sets but did you, were you surprised or did you feel empowered by the pace at which you were over able to uh, learn and, and engage and move past, I don't call them hurdles, but just, you know, di different learning components and modules uh, when you went to, to get a, a degreed and accredited with in technology, uh, did, th did that kind of progress faster than you maybe initially thought it would? Um, not where I went. I went to ECPI, and they very much, my understanding is they're a lot better now, but it was just a hot mess when I went. The electronics that I was taught was top notch. Ex Ma Bell guys, both of them just absolute geniuses. Uh, loved loved that. But we during the course of the IT stuff, um, I literally had to literally. I'm just stuck on that word today. I actually had to teach class twice because instructors quit. And note, I didn't say professor, I said instructor. And as far as IT goes, I'd already learned everything that they taught there. Just on my own accord. So, but 
I don't know. I just kind of took to it, the fish to water kind of thing. Literally. That's how you have to do it. You have to do it. That's that's good because I feel like I'm always fascinated because you know it's like, uh, and I'm not comparing brain brain surgery to to whatever, but I feel like. Um, you know, like Michael Jordan, you know, who was spent his life and his love was baseball. And, uh, but then similarly, like, you know, the basketball became the situation where he flourished. Um, I think that's one thing. And I don't know if we've ever talked about, I think maybe years ago we, that this phrase had come up and I think that might be, you know, I think it's a large part of the issue with, um, boomers, especially, um, and I did see a great post this morning when I was getting ready before the show about, uh, um, the, the older generation's constant war against the younger generation and it would be book or newspaper quotes. And it was like, you know, one from, you know, like 2013, 1993, 1944, 1923 and it would just go back you know into various points in history that it's always a generational struggle but um and it may be a generational thing and it's not specifically boomers but i've as an adult especially when i transitioned away from being a a, a conservative into into being a compassionate forward-thinking you know engaged uh, person uh that was certainly not intentionally selfish um was uh that conservatives think that money is the thing and that acquiring money is the thing to hoard it and to try to you know make sure they have it specifically so other people can't have it um whereas post boomer generations are aware that money's not the thing money's the thing that you get to uh, facilitate an experience. Well, when you think of money, if you were to think of it as cake, then you, you should get an indicator of how that turns out for a lot of societies when it just goes too far and the reset button gets hit. There's Sorry, a, say that. It's my brain. My brain shut off for a second. Say that again. If you refer to money as cake, mm -hmm. then there's there's a precedent set already on uh, how that gets handled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever? I've ever seen. I'm sure you've seen it, and you might have been the one that sh that, that uh, shown it to me. But uh, uh, or maybe I just had seen it when I was, you know, reaction videos. You know, because I love. I love. I tell you what, I'm really impressed by that I've noticed lately is that, you know, for for like my, my generation, and probably I don't know if it was a thing that necessarily ten years before would have been a thing. But like my generation, I feel like specifically was kind of the first generation of 
Caucasians to actively uh, engage in, in hip hop and hip hop culture. Yeah. Um, and so now to go back and I'm just probably for the last year and a half, probably during COVID because everybody started YouTube channels during COVID, you know, um, to see the amount of uh, African-Americans and, and, and Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, whatever people, however people want to identify who are going back and actively um, doing reaction channels around, uh, you know, what you would traditionally consider probably, you know, Caucasian American rock and roll. Um, oh, yeah. I watch those all the time. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it because it's nice because, and I'm fascinated in the same way I'm fascinated with, you know, you know, younger people now reacting to 60s, 70s, and 80s, and even, you know, back in the 50s, you know, but watching people react to new things. And I'm genuinely, you know, because I feel like, and that's one thing that especially American culture is lacking. Um, well, yeah, no, lacking in general, not just, I mean, I think we're, we're horrible about it, you know, where we are, but I think we're obviously more forward thinking and inclusive than, than other people, obviously, but just that people are actively engaging in these things with open minds and they're actively like listening to the lyrics, listening to the chords, you know, and they're really engaged and they're asking questions about it, you know, um, and I'm just fascinated by how their experience is influencing their perceptions of certain things. But then obviously in a lot of the videos that makes me even happier is that they're acknowledging uh, their perception of it is based on their experience and that the artist who wrote it and other people who listened to it didn't have the same experience they had. Right. You know, and there's, the and they're, they're actively gets expanded. Um, do you remember <clears throat> a time before MTV? I don't. Cause born? I was, I mean, I was three, I think I was four when MTV started maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. I think MTV came out in 84. So I'd have been, Four, yeah. Who was it that the wife was talking to? Oh, sorry, eighty-one. So I'd have been, yeah, August first, nineteen eighty-one. So I was one. Yeah. There you go. Um. So definitely, uh, MTV introduced a, a plethora of urban influences that just weren't to be found anywhere else. The radio stations in, in rural areas did not carry the programming. So you, your generation wasn't the first, but y'all were the first ones to be born into it. You know, where yeah. it was saturated. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned about hip hop from a friend who was a musician and was, you know, traveling a touring musician when they were fifteen, and uh, none of the bars knew their age and all that stuff. 
So, uh, even MTV was lagging on what real hip hop was. And man, I'm just not a fan of Run DMC. That, that, I'm just not. Just because you're shouting the last word of a phrase doesn't make that. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just not into them, those guys. I, I like more free flowing, more uh, wordsmith level of stuff. So while I rejected hip hop initially, it was uh, it was with reason. It just wasn't my preference. Well, you know, and so many of those artists, and I think maybe people have a greater awareness now, uh, especially after, you know, so many people. And maybe maybe it was, uh, I don't know, I feel, and again, I wasn't there, and, and I was barely alive when this happened, you know, but whenever... Uh, uh, John Lennon was killed. I feel like people had an awareness and appreciation and acknowledgement, and I could completely be wrong, but I think people were aware at the time that the Beatles had changed music. Um, but I think maybe oh, yeah. since then, because people, again, and this, a lot of this is boomers and obviously the, you know, they're, they're, Parents were shell shocked after after the war, and then obviously if they've been to Korea, so they just they didn't want to hear any, you know, hashtag newfangled rock and roll music, guitar guitar music. But um, that because of that, they only perceive music as one way, and probably because you know Madison Avenue and all that stuff it sold to them that a lot of stuff the GOP sings to Stephen to now is that. You know, this is the only way, and if they ain't doing it this way, then it ain't real, and it's evil, you know, or whatever. But yeah, you can but, tell the reaction to the Beatles that uh, it was different. You know, uh, the people that freaked out over the Beatles in a negative way saw the the power and the force it was. Going back to hip hop, uh, I I grew up listening to Sugar Hill Gang, you know, and they are the OGs. So, yeah, and and that's it's been a long time, like a long, long, long time. But uh, <clears throat> I maybe that's why I didn't like the change in direction that bands like Run DMC took with rap to begin with. But, uh, yeah, as far as that generation embracing uh, rap, your generation embracing rap, it, uh, it wasn't a cultural shift for you guys. You, you, you were born into it. Yeah. I definitely, and as an adult, I can say this now, I could, and I understand it now because we've, we spend so much time dealing with it and I've 
nonprofits I'm involved with that I work very closely with. Like, I've, I guess I'm more engaged in youth culture than when I was a teenager. But also, like, I can see, obviously, I don't agree with it and don't think it's right, but I can see and I have a more functional understanding. It still infuriates the, the piss out of me. But I can see how previous generations to them, especially in the South, where they still have a hard-on for their great-great-granddaddy who got his ass handed to him, I can see how in their minds they view uh, hip-hop as an assault on their perceptions of value and cultures and all this nonsense. I can see how... Again, I don't agree with it, obviously. I think it's nonsense. But I can see how they have that erroneous perception in their minds. And so I can think back to when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, and MC Hammer, and you know, Run DMC led to MC Hammer that led to uh, an NWA was coming out. And then... Um, other bands that, you know, Tipper Gore wanted to slap advisory warnings on. Um, what a great way to know what album to buy. Just like Exactly. Now, you know what books to read. <clears throat> yeah. You know what books to read. You know what albums to buy. And anytime you see any idiot who puts, this is a gun-free home outside their house, you know which houses to rob. Thanks a lot, America. You know. Um, the, I tell, but I, I love. Of, let, let me go back to the whole which house to rob. Yeah, uh, you hear these people do use half measures when it comes to their home protection. Well, I got this gun and that gun and that gun, and you know, there's a, more guns than they have arms. Literally, the long sticky things that come out of their torso. Uh, Flesh sticks. Yeah. <clears throat> so then you know who to attack to get their weapons. You know, are you going to, are you going to risk if, if you're a warlord, if you're Negan, are you going after the person with one gun or no guns? Or are you going to start eliminating the mildly, the, the overarmed people, but aren't organized? I put a lot of thought into this, by the way, because I often try to think of dystopian events that lead to, uh, well, very much like The Walking Dead. Maybe not without, with, uh, maybe not with zombies, but you know, there are there are things. One one thing I'm fascinated with trying to write is uh, conservative porn where they're the victims of everything they claim to be. I think they would, much like uh, people who love Lifetime, it would be the Lifetime for conservatives. Well, but I think that's a that's a weird thing, because obviously there's so many people, and, and <clears throat> you know, and it... So many people that identify as conservatives and prop themselves up, you know, with religious texts and all that. Um, 
you know, whether it's, uh, you know, it's like literally half the party. I mean, I'm sure they're, because I know, I mean, I, I know people that are, <clears throat> finger quotes, conservative Republicans who are not part of the group I'm about to describe. But, uh, but for a lot of those people, uh, it's either going to be the Lindsey Graham group or the Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy group. So it's either dudes who are poorly closeted and, and very gay, Mike Pence, um, or uh, it's going to be cocaine-fueled swingers parties. So, I mean, that's, you know, and then just saying, oh, well, God forgave me. It's cool. I'm going to keep doing it, you know. So, I mean, that's... Man, that must be nice. It just I guess... I guess. I mean, it's it's if if it was any cooler, it'd be uh, some guy that just announced he's running for governor's uh, son, calling up, screaming at some girl because he's jacked up on blow. Anyway, um, oh, but uh, 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 straight out of Compton, I I feel like I've had lots of conversations about this, and then a a, a friend of a friend of mine, ours, who um, we did a. a film with your lovely wife about, you know, when I think she was in college. Um, uh, I had this conversation a lot. I obviously straight out of Compton, you know, was a, was a uh, cultural revolution regarding race, but I think, and I wouldn't say on a larger scale, cause I'm not trying to dismiss anybody. I think straight out of Compton was uh, just a generational middle finger of, for all Americans and all people against boomers. You know that it that it cut across race. That it was about you know these people that are actively aggressively hoarding resources, hoarding opportunities, and intentionally go out of their way to make life worse for everyone younger than them uh, because they think they're going to live forever and and they're selfish and and have their 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 feelings. Or think that they're having their mindset validated because of their religious beliefs. It is so great being born favored by God. It's just fantastic. Literally. I mean, we are. Uh, how did that? How was that? How was that a full it, show? That was fast. It, it really, like, yeah. sometimes I wonder if. I somehow fell asleep for 45 minutes of it. Yeah. Anywho, uh, I may or may not see you tonight, but, uh, yeah, well, happy. Thank you. Happy. Thank you for the, uh, international Jordan day card yesterday. And I tell your right. lovely wife, thank you. And, uh, well, uh, same bat channel, same bat time tomorrow. Sounds good. Literally. All right. Literally. Bye.